The Women's Fund for Scotland is Scotland's only dedicated fund for women and girls. I'm Susan Morrison and this is our podcast where we talk to inspiring women improving the lives of those women and girls today. This episode, we meet Sabrina and Leanne of She Roars, two women who plan to row 3,000 miles across the Atlantic to raise funds for the Women's Fund for Scotland. And they ask, what's your Atlantic? You are She Roars. So let's get the let's get the introductions first of all. Leanne, tell us where you are and who you are. So I'm Leanne, and I am based in Glasgow. Um, we I'm originally from South Africa, and um, I moved over to the UK on a gap year in 2003. And then life's just what happens when you make other plans, and so I'm still here. I lived in Edinburgh for a lot of years, and then my husband's from Fife, so we met in Edinburgh, and we eventually ended up settling in Glasgow. So. We've been here since 2019. Ah, cool. Sabrina, where, where are you just now? I'm based in Stirling, um, kind of similar to Leanne. I came over backpacking in 1999 and fell in love with Scotland, and I've been here ever since. <laughs> when you say came here in 1999, where, where from? From Canada. From Canada. Well, well, thank you both for um, raising the level of adventurous endeavour in Scotland just by being here, because, as I say, your, your team name is... She roars. I'm going to spell out the. It's an R capital O A R S, right? Yes. So when I was told what you were doing to raise money for the amongst other charities, the Women's Fund for Scotland, I can't say what I actually exclaimed when I looked at it. I'm just going to give you a rough idea of what I said, and it was, "Are you beep mad?" <laughs> that is what ninety percent of people say to us because you both are going to row across the Atlantic. Have I got that right? Yes, it's 3,000 miles across the Atlantic. Uh-huh. In a wee boat. Yes, in a wee boat. In a wee boat. So I checked just before I got here today and you can actually get a cruise for only £599 all-inclusive. It's it's 10 days and you get all the food that you want. Uh, but you two have decided to row on a wee boat, a very wee boat, it seems to me. And you're going to be stuck in each other's company to cross the Atlantic in the wee boat. You must know each other really well. I mean, you must be the best as a pals to be doing this, aren't you? It's been a very intense, like, few years because Sabrina and I actually only met, like, on Facebook, um, like, in the middle of the pandemic um, and through <laughs> this adventure. So, yeah, it's it's been a very intense friendship and a very intense getting to know each other and... I presume that will only kind of gather momentum as we have to spend more and more time on a very tiny boat. Okay, so you were not bosom buddies. You weren't like joined at the hip before you decided to do this. No, no. So um, during the pandemic, I decided I needed an outdoor challenge, an outdoor adventure. And I thought, how awesome would it be to get a team of four women in Scotland um, to row across the Atlantic? Um, Uh So I put it out to friends and colleagues And it was through a mutual colleague of Leanne and I that kind of introduced Leanne and she became the fourth member of the team, which then depleted and was left with just Leanne and I in the end. Okay. Uh, that's, that sounds, I mean, I can think of at least four people if I had to get in a boat with and row across the Atlantic, only one of us would be stepping ashore. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I admire, I admire the fact that you're just such adventurous spirits. And yes, Sabrina, I love the idea that, yeah, during the pandemic, you needed to find an outlet. Most of us just took up walking about the streets, but this is such a dazzlingly 
daring thing to do. It's a Talisker challenge. And you, you literally get into this boat and off you go and you cross the Atlantic. But why? What is it about this challenge that drew you? Well, for me, it was just the next adventure. I've done a few adventures before. So I was looking for something a little bit bigger, a little bit more challenging, something that doesn't just challenge me physically, but mentally as well, and kind of, you know, push me out of that comfort zone. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is way out of the comfort zone. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you are, you are you both quite adventurous then, would you say? Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of like traveling around the world. And I think coming from a different country and finding myself in Scotland, I think you always kind of find yourself in a position where you sit between two chairs. And so like, I suppose I've always been adventurous and that I don't ever feel totally grounded and well rooted. So for me, like the idea of going away for two months on a on a boat doesn't seem like a far out idea I've got two children so like my adventures are mainly involving kind of soft play centers and <laughs> things like that so totally different to Sabrina who's like climbed to base camp and done arctic challenges and stuff like that hey hey I've seen I've seen a lot of dangerous moments in a soft play area so don't you tell me that's a safe zone and I mean you know as a mum you know like it can get pretty hair raising when you're dealing with a toddler play-doh and someone else's brand new white sofa yeah. oh so you decided to do this challenge and to me this seems absolutely incredible because the sheer logistics of it all are absolutely baffling uh, you started off to four women team and then you came down to two and what really astonished me even where do you get the boat from i mean where did you get the boat from so we got the boat from essex oh um, yeah. So we had it made for us. There's excellent, excellent boat makers down there. They're called Rannick Adventure and they make the safest uh, ocean rowboats. They really kind of totally dominate the market. So that was never a question in our mind that we were going to get any boat other than a Rannick boat. Um, so yeah, they're based in Essex. And you have a team around Genotis as well. Um, when I was looking at your stuff on the website, include like physiotherapists. So clearly there's a lot of strenuous training going on. Would that be right, Sabrina? Yeah. I mean, what's really handy is Leanne's an osteopath. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've teamed up with the right person, haven't you? <laughs> the only reason I'm still on the boat is she's like, oh, she sees me as an asset. <laughs> And how do you, I mean, how do you work out your training program? Then? What is the training program to row across the Atlantic? I'm guessing it's more than just jumping in the road machine at the gym. It, it must be more complicated than that. Well, the first thing was both Leanne and I had to learn how to row. Right, so, so you, you, you couldn't even row before you started this? No. Nope. So we signed up for this race. It was February of lockdown. And we came out of lockdown, the second lockdown in April. And we learned how to row in May with a rowing coach. So that's where it started, yeah. Okay, so where, where, where did you learn to row, just out of interest? On the Tay in Perth? In April. May. May. It was cold. <laughs> and, and is it a difficult skill to learn? I mean, I don't exactly know how you managed to row a boat like that because the, the waves in the Atlantic are fairly big. So is it quite a difficult skill to master? I think if you, when, like with the rowing that Sabrina and I have done, like when we learned to row on the Tay, that's very flat and you're in a totally different type boat to our ocean rowboat. It's not a skill that's difficult to learn, but I think to master it is quite difficult. But our boat is totally different and there's, you know, we sit much higher in the water. Um, so you don't have to bother with like feathering the oars and things like that. But it is more about like managing the swells of the water and, you know, you won't, won't necessarily always be rowing 
left, right, kind of at the same time. You might have to kind of like pedal the oars a little bit to figure out the swells and which way you want to hit waves and things like that. But I don't even think that the physical rowing, when you're on your seat with the oars, it's like what your body instinctively wants to do. I think that the biggest learning curve is learning about like the navigation and the how the boat works and map reading and the compass reading and the auto tiller and the navigation system and for me that's been the biggest learning curve that had never even occurred to me i just had this notion that you got in a boat you pointed in that direction and you just keep rowing we'll get there <laughs> but <laughs> hold on why does everybody speak with an australian accent so <laughs> so you have to learn how to navigate do you both row at the same time when you're in the boat We'll row together sometimes, we'll row together separately sometimes. The recipe that most teams use is two hours on, two hours off, 24 hours a day for the full crossing. Um, it'll be a pretty lonely adventure then. Um, so I think we'll row together at some points and row separately at some points. So where do you sleep? How do you sleep? Um, so the, our boat has two cabins on either side. Um, so we're kind of trying to figure out whether we both go in one or we both each have one and then we can like unpack properly and make it like our little home bubble for the time that we're away. Um, all the navigation stuff is in the one side and things like the water maker are on the other side. So it's just a matter of kind of figuring out the logistics of like divvying up the jobs and finding out what we enjoy doing the most. I think I would probably go for separate. That way, at least you can have a little bit of a temper tantrum. You can slam the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, that's it. Slam. <laughs> and then come back out later and you'll be fine. You know, I mean, the sheer, as the sheer logistics of the boat, getting the boat. What's the name of the boat? The name of the boat's Raika. It means power of the wolf. And this was a dedication to our headline sponsor, Wolf Craig Distillers. Ah yes, because that's that's your one of and and amongst the charities that you're rowing to to raise money for, of course, is the Women's Fund for Scotland. Mm -hmm. Can't tell you how proud I am that there's two, well, basically Latter Day Viking shield maidens out there rowing across. <laughs> <laughs> Just lay off the looting. <laughs> but the sheer difficulty of 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 what you're doing. I mean, most of us go on a sponsored five k run and we think, yay, look at us, we've done really good. Uh, but you are going to be stuck on this little boat together and when did you actually physically meet one another oh gosh it must have been in about like april time when the the one lockdown finished and we went for a walk out to the kelpies <laughs> what would have happened if you'd met each other and known and going no well i think that was probably part of the problem with the other three members of the team because we started as a four and we ended as a two but in the meantime we've gone through three other people when you do spend this much intense time with each other, I think you figure out whether you like each other or not. Yeah, um, I I have friends who I can't even go on long car journeys with. And <laughs> <laughs> by long car journeys, I mean 20 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you think mentally you will do on, on, on the boat? You won't be able to sit around and read or anything. Or I'll sleep. I'll row and sleep. <laughs> row and sleep. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Leanne, row and sleep or? <laughs> well, when I first signed up for this, I was um, I was like, oh, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to learn to speak Italian and I'm going to like read a book. And But I think probably just rowing and sleeping. And even food. I mean, how do you, because how many calories do you have to burn through to keep that level of effort up in a day? So, I mean, I mean, has anybody spoken to you about that, Sabrina? I mean, what you have to eat and how you have to eat on the boat? 
Yeah. So a lot of the food that we'll eat is the dehydrated food that you get. Like a lot of the campers use this food. I know <laughs> it's lightweight though. Um, and we have a water maker so we can boil up some water and plump it up. <laughs> um, we will need to burn approximately 3,600 calories each per day. So it's mandatory that we pack for 65 days worth of food and three meals a day are the dehydrated food, um, or we'll make our own homemade muesli or porridge for breakfast, and then that'll get topped up with snacks. So I'm actually quite looking forward to being allowed to eat that many snacks in one day. <laughs> I mean, when you say snacks, so you're, I noticed that uh, Tunnels Carol Wafers is, is emblazoned proudly on your bow. So I'm assuming that tea cakes and caramel wafers will come into play quite a lot. Oh, I do love a caramel wafer. <laughs> and physically, you have to be fit in many other ways as well. I mean, surely, I mean, I, I know, to, do you say you're a, you're a Pilates instructor? Yeah, so I teach um, Pilates throughout the week, uh, mat-based Pilates, apparatus-based Pilates. So I'm doing it quite frequently, but I'm also in the gym. Both Leanne and I have personal trainers helping us with the strength training. And then weekends, we're out on the boat. If we're not out on the boat, we're on our rowing machines, which we both have one in the house. Oh, so Leanne, this is actually, this challenge has now come into your house then, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's ridiculous because when we got out on the boat, um, we've been training in Loch Lomond and it's it's a bit of a, that's one of the other skills we're having to learn is to, like, so to put our rudder in, Sabrina actually has to get into the water. But I never in my life, and I still don't see it as a valuable skill. So I just take my husband along because my mom was always like, why bark if you've got a dog? Um, but <laughs> I don't know how to reverse my car with a trailer on the back to make the trailer go down the slipway whilst Sabrina's in the water and try not run her over to then get into the boat to put the rudder in place to then get back in the car to take it out the slipway. So when we do go out training, um, Sabrina and I, it's like it is an entire family excursion in my family. Like everyone's coming. We've got lunch for the day. You must be the first two women I have ever met who have rowing machines in their houses that they use. <laughs> and have it just turned into something to put your damp knickers on. Well, there is that. Tell me something, before you start the this whole process uh, of actual rowing, when you when you get to the point where you put Vareka into the, the water, do they test you? Do they check that you're actually fit enough to do this and you've reached that standard? Well, there's a few things. There is a doctor that's connected to the whole race. His name's Thor. Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Back up. Back up. No, they do. They do testing. They check what our body weight's at. They make sure that we've packed enough food. Um, and then they'll check us again at the other end. Are you seriously telling me this doctor's called Thor? Yes. Does he look like Chris Hemsworth? Have you got room in your boat for someone else? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be quite good to take a doctor on board, I reckon. Yeah. But I mean, they don't test you in regard to like physical fitness. They test your like, you know, your weight and your height. And you have to go for a medical, whether I presume they test your like your blood pressure and we have to go for a dental checkup but they don't test your like physical fitness it's not like you've got to do like a vo2 max test or anything like that you just kind of you know they think you're fine it's kind of like your responsibility isn't it mm -hmm. yeah. so and that that actually brings us to the actual challenge itself because it starts around about december doesn't it december 12th uh -huh. So this is this is the most incredible excuse I've ever heard for getting out of doing the dishes on Christmas Day. <laughs> Does that upset you in any way, particularly yourself, Leanne, you know, with children? No, 
I don't think so. It doesn't upset me at all. I think I'm more upset about being away for my son's birthday than I am. His birthday's on the 9th of December. Um, so we'll already be in Ligamera at that point. But, you know, I find I find Christmas, like I love Christmas, but it doesn't just end like that. It ends with so many people being so competitive about who's going to buy ridiculous Christmas presents. And I actually think that the magic of Christmas gets lost in the consumerism of it all. So... You will be sitting bobbing around on the Atlantic uh, on Christmas Day. Will you be taking anything with you, though, to market? Sabrina, have you got any special Christmas treat that you'll be taking with you? Yes, but it's very quiet, hush-hush, because I can't let Leanne know. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, (laughs) she's going to spot the Christmas tree. No, at the moment... No Christmas tree. However, I'm at the moment I'm placed in the bow cabin and there's a few hidden compartments in there where I can hide a few things when we pack it, you see. She better pack some chocolate oranges. <laughs> oh, oh, do I see cracks appearing in the team's <laughs> otherwise solid facade? You will row away into the ocean. I mean, are you in any way nervous or, or, or afraid or do you have any fears of this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um like I I am afraid because I think a number of things. I think firstly it's your fear that keeps you safe. It's when you're afraid of the ocean. When it's like you against anything to do with Mother Nature, there's always only one winner and it's never you. Um so I think if you're not afraid, then you're a bit arrogant about about it. And I think it's your fear that keeps you safe. So we have to constantly be tethered onto the boat. We have to wear like a harness the whole time. And when you become complacent, you forget to like clip yourself on or clip yourself, you know, you just become complacent. And I think that when you lose the fear, you start risking not only your life, but Sabrina's life. And then that's disrespectful to everyone. Yeah. Sabrina, do you have any sort of anxieties about this amazing challenge? I would say my biggest anxiety is actually when we have the boat on land. (laughs) So when Leanne's towing the boat, I'm like, so as soon as we get onto the water, I just feel my whole body just go, okay, I can cope now. The boat's meant to be on water. So, you know, hitting the Atlantic, I think is going to be absolutely fabulous in that regard because we are this tiny little vessel in this vast open water. And that's what the vessel's designed for. So I feel extremely safe in that manner. Keeping in mind, yes, we need to be clipped on the whole time. And it will be 50 to 60 days. So it's just, you know, working with the communication coach and the mindset coach to make sure we don't get lost in maybe darker thoughts and, you know, keeping positive and helping each other out along the way. Yeah, it's such a positive attitude with what you're doing, which I think is is ninety percent of 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 what you need to do to get that headspace in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, just before, um, whilst we're still talking about the voyage, I mean, you are being watched. People can find you if something happens. This isn't like a, a lifeboat coming off a whaling ship in the nineteenth century. You're not likely to <laughs> eat a cabin boy, are you? <laughs> no. So I'm I'm going to have to ask this question and. Um, I did wonder if I should ask it or not, but you know pretty much, I guess you can probably guess what the question is going to be is, um, I mean, how do you go to the toilet? Everyone asks that. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to be so obvious, but I looked at your boat and I looked at the other boats and I thought, is it a matter of using the good old fashioned... Bucket. Right. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bucket and chuck it. Okay. Okay. Is that, that's the full terminology, is it? Yeah. I'm glad I got that one sorted out, bucket and trucker. Um, and the other question, I mean, so you did mention, did you say you estimate it's going to take you, what, 50 to 60 days, do you think? 
Yeah. So you, you know how much you have to row each day? Well, on average, we'll both need to row 12 hours each day. Right. Okay. And then you'll we'll get, because I saw some of the, the photography of the end of the journey um, as the other, as last uh, the last year's competitors were coming in. Absolutely stunning with flares and, and everybody going absolutely mad, which you, you probably will be doing. And so the next question obviously is, how do you get home? Please don't tell me you have to row back. <laughs> no. Does, does Thor bring you back? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking at that option. <laughs> How can I get on the sailboat back? <laughs> I want pictures of Thor. And how will you communicate with your family on land? I mean, can you do that? Can that be done? Yeah, absolutely. We've got um, sat phones. We've got, like, the boat is, like, very geared up we've got so i mean we can even have whatsapp whilst we're away so i think there's no problems because we have like daily calls with the safety officers that you know we have to have because obviously they've got big insurances and things so it's like they want to make sure that we're safe so we've got a weather router who's going to be in touch with us every day telling us kind of what's the best um direction to be going um yeah and really, really important, I think, also because so many people have followed our journey on social media. So it's important. We've got um, a friend of mine who's going to be doing all our social media stuff whilst we're away. So just important to be able to send her pictures of how we're doing whales. Lots of people. I'm really excited about seeing like the, the ocean wildlife. Oh, you mean, you mean how a whale might pop up next to you? Yeah. Oh, right. OK. It's just I saw that film <laughs> and you're in that book, Moby Dick and Big Whale and attitude issues that's all i'm going to say uh, i mean that's a thing i hadn't thought about was the possibility of a whale popping up next year i was, I was okay with a porpoise or a dolphin but when you said a, a whale is that something that can happen oh my gosh yeah you get sharks you get marlin you get a variety of uh, fun wildlife approaching your boat okay someone was saying to us that because your boat becomes like a little kind of floating island and you get a lot of barnacles forming on the bottom of it you end up and it creates a shadow so like you know smaller fish swim underneath it and then so you attract then bigger fish which come and eat the smaller fish and they say these animals they kind of just travel along with you and they become your pets and you end up with flying fish jumping into the boat so you chuck them back over and then your pets think that you're feeding them, so they kind of keep up with you. So, um, uh, uh, okay, whales and sharks now. Now I have something else to worry about. Thank you. <laughs> Apparently, they're just called like Atlantic white tips or something. Apparently, they're not like the Jawsy type. <laughs> but see, also, the other thing is that we actually have to get off the boat at various times through this adventure into the sea. Do what? Um, Why? What? To clean the bottom of the boat, like with one of those squidgy things, the de-ices, because you get a lot of barnacle growth, which can cause a lot of drag. Oh, I actually, remarkably, I know quite a lot about barnacle growth and drag, because uh, I'm more than familiar with uh, ships of the line of the Neapolitan Times Navy, Nelson's Fleet. So I know an awful lot about barnacles and how often they have to get their bottoms dragged. <laughs> Which, you know, is quite painful, apparently. <laughs> so if you're doing it wrong. Um, but yeah, so a ship of the line, a wooden ship of the line would always be getting its bottom scraped uh, to get the barnacles off it. And so, not HMS Victory, if you're interested, because she was copper-bottomed. Oh, right. Interesting. There you go. So hence the meaning of the term copper-bottomed guarantee. The useless things that live in my head, girls. Every single day I could just phone you with a useless fact. <laughs> That would be really helpful. That would keep us going for sure. By saying, how can we lose our number? <laughs> <laughs>
But the Women's Fund for Scotland, in a way you're almost like epitomising what the fund is about because you are women raising money for charities that reach out to women. Is that one of the reasons that attracted you to the name Women's Fund for Scotland, to the idea of the Women's Fund for Scotland? So we're rowing for three different charities and the Women's Fund for Scotland was the first charity that we um, that we decided we were going to row for to, to support. And I think that even when we were a team of four, the one thing that we always kind of agreed on was that we were doing this as a team of women to support other women. Um, and that's still something that we feel really, really strongly about. We feel that it's important that it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, that, you know, we're there to support each other and show people that if we can do it, anybody can do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> For Sabrina and I, this is a challenge that we've chosen. And having gone through this journey and knowing so much more about like the Women's Fund for Scotland, there's so many people who face challenges of every sort every day. And for us, the challenge is rowing across the Atlantic to raise money. But for some people, it might just be getting out of bed in the morning or just showing up for your children or being able to get through a day at work. Everyone's got different challenges in their life that they face every day. And if we can help organizations like the Women's Fund for Scotland help other women overcome their challenges, then that's a, a good job well done oh yes yes it definitely is and and sabrina it, it do you feel the same way that everyone has challenges they just face them differently yeah i mean one of the first kind of mottos that we had is what's your atlantic ours is rowing the atlantic but what's yours like it doesn't have to be an ocean it can be whatever adventure whatever challenge that's absolutely fabulous. And the idea of women helping other women as well. Did that appeal to you, Sabrina? Oh, definitely. I mean, even a lot of the sponsors on our boat are small businesses in Scotland just starting out and we're helping them. They're helping us. So it's such an amazing community and network. So where do we follow you? How do we follow you? So we are on um, Facebook and Instagram as She Roars Atlantic. And that's with a capital O in the middle as she oars, roars. Yeah. And then we've got a website also, which is she-roars.com. If I can just say in conclusion, first of all, I think you're utterly mad, but incredibly appealing. What a challenge. I mean, the last sponsored thing I did was a sponsored silence. Trust me, Leanne, Sabrina, that was hard work. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was the longest five minutes of my life. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, no, no, you are absolute. You really are shield maidens and warriors for the Women's Fund for Scotland. And we'll be cheering you right on, right to the very end. But please be careful out there, girls, please. <laughs> we definitely will be. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and listening to this story. I hope you've been inspired. And if you would like to support the Women's Fund for Scotland, search for us online and listen out for our other podcast episodes.